Hey dudes and dudettes, what's going on? And welcome to episode number 27 of the Lepressed and Guest Podcast. My guest today is Jordan Demos. Jordan works at the registrar's office at a California university. Jordan comes on to discuss food, World Cup soccer, college, along with life updates since he's last worked at summer camp. This was one of my all-time favorite conversations that I had that was full of laughter. I had a blast recording this one and catching up with Demos, and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as well. Guys and gals, thank you so much for listening to the Lepressed and Guest podcast. Much like yourselves, I was able to look at my Spotify rap for the year, and as a podcast producer, I was able to see the statistics on my podcast and how it stacks up. And it was amazing to see how well I'm doing compared to the rest of the podcast out on the platform. And that is all because of great listeners and supporters like yourselves and my amazing guests. Lastly, but certainly not least, I always want to end by giving a special thank you to the brave men and women of our United States military. For without your bravery, dedication, and above all, sacrifice, myself and many others would not be able to do what we love doing. I am forever in your debt. How the hell are you, Jordan Demos? And how do you keep looking better and better year after year? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing well, man. It's good to see you. It's been a long time since we chatted. It's It's been too long. Um, Very few people um, leaving camp. And, dude, you, you can't do camp forever. You know, very, very few people have the opportunity to. But um, v- when you weren't able to return and you started going on this awesome path you're on in life, I was so happy for you, but man, I wanted you back so much. Yeah, man, I hear you. I, uh, I, I still miss it to this day, man. I really do. Um, of course. Yeah, literally, you know, I, but like you said, I guess life goes on, right. And your, you know, past sort of just verges off into, you know, doing your own thing. You have your own, uh, goals that you want to achieve and whatnot. And then, you know, just spending a summer, uh somewhere else kind of just you know it's kind of hard to do but uh if I could do it for a long time I would um yeah yeah because were you were you friends with Hunter is that how you got to camp yeah yeah so we we went to school together um we were in the same fraternity at UCF and uh so that's how I met Hunter and then in 2014 that was actually the year after I graduated that summer of 2014 was my first summer working there and then um the following year i went back in 2015 but yeah hunter hunter was the is the reason why i went so yeah yeah so i was um i had bud on for one of my earlier episodes um or jeff i call them jeff episodes yeah but um we both talked about how especially if you really enjoy and you love camp it's not for everybody of course but i i loved it i thrived there the tough part is is you get so infatuated and fall in love with this place this beautiful place and Maine is gorgeous and you want to just spend your life there but you realize there's only so many um year-long positions available and unless you're a teacher or you know some other lifestyle where you can maybe get summers off it's it's exactly tough to do that you know yeah yeah I mean I, I would feel fortunate you know if I were a teacher right I would be all over that I'd be there every summer you know so uh, but you know, like you said, most most professions that people have, you can't take the summer off. You know, so it is what it is. I'm I'm just happy that we were able to experience something like that. 
um, you know, got to meet all these people from all over the country, all over the world, um, you know, got to give back in, in some sort of way um, mm -hmm. and just be like a little bit closer to nature and sort of detached from the hustle and bustle of everyday life and social media and, you know, television and just kind of block that out for a summer is just really, I, I feel like that's probably part of the reason why it was so magical, you know, so. Yeah, I think a lot of companies slogan and branding can be corny and just stupid, but with the way life should be, it it exemplifies everything that I, I think they hit the nail on the head. You know, you're just in a good community with good people. You're out in nature as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what I want to um, have my life look a lot like where I've got a great community around me. Um, I've got my basic needs met and yeah. I can just be be outside with nature and just surrounded by good people. Yep. And just away from all the sort of outside distractions, you know, so you can sort of really focus on, you know, what's more rewarding in life and let's, you know, connecting with people and, you know, having good conversations like this one here and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I've got, I've got nothing wrong with the city life. I, I think there's a time and place for everything. I, um, I've, I've lived in cities before and enjoyed it, but as I start to get older, um, I kind of find myself wanting to, again, not get isolated. I don't want to be a hermit, but just, I want to have my cake and eat it, of course, you know? Yeah, of course, right? I don't know, like, I'm sort of going through this stage right now in my life where I'm kind of figuring out what matters most in terms of, mm. like, you know, your priorities change as you get older, so... Um, I kind of find myself wanting different things or, you know, like wanting to uh, not live in the moment as much as as far as like wanting to plan ahead too. you know, obviously, it's important to live in the moment. But, you know, I'm sort of thinking ahead, like, okay, um, down the road, like, for example, paying a mortgage instead of paying rent mm -hmm. is going to be really cool at some point, you know, so it's just like thinking about how we can get to that point. And there are many other examples too, but they kind of, you know, revolve around the same thing of just like growing up and getting older and sort of like putting some roots down and, and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. So how do you find the balance between trying to live in the moment? And it feels like right now you're, you're focused a little bit on the future. So is, do you ever find yourself falling out of balance with that? Sure. I mean, I think most people do and you kind of have to just catch yourself. Um, um, you know, maybe you'll have moments, uh, that you just sort of find yourself sitting around thinking like, Hmm, um, you know, is this where I want to be in three or four or five years? Or, you know, what do I want to achieve, achieve, you know, in the future? And how can I, how can I reach those goals? So I think, you know, setting goals for yourself and, um, even on your day to day, um, and, and, you know, looking to like achieve those goals as you can, that's the best you can do. So, um, like I said, you know, when you're younger, I mean, we're still pretty young, but like when you're younger, you, you don't really have, you know, as much of a sense of, of life and what you want in life and what's important to you, um, when you're 21 and then 10 years later, my age 31, like, I feel like if I look at my 21 year old self and compared to now, it's just like so different, you know? So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's funny because Will and I were talking on our conversation and we were talking about getting a staff advance. And especially at the time in the area we were, 
it was incredibly cheap um, to get by and to live. And uh, and you only have so much time on your day off anyways. Mm. And we were just joking around about at that young age, if you're coming back with any money from your staff advance, that feels like a failed day off, you know? For sure, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Those, those are like vendors, right? Like they... <laughs> They really were, and they were incredible. <laughs> you, you had to because, again, it was probably the most fun I've ever had at a job. Oh, yeah. And people hear summer camp, and I don't know what everyone's summer camp experience was like as as a counselor, but our camp, you're grinding. You yeah. are grinding. Mm -hmm. And um, your day offs, once you actually start with the campers there, you're getting a day off roughly every nine days. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then uh, once you get them, you're like, all right, it's time to let loose, you know? And so you go super hard and maybe get like five or six hours of sleep, but you really sort of needed that release. You know what I mean? Just the, the, to that break, right? Like, cause we used to work in five days a week, you know, 40 hours a week and there it's like, you're on all the time. Um, so makes sense. Right. Yeah. I think you're probably, it had to have been, um, more than 40 hour work weeks because oh for sure guaranteed yeah especially as um as you get into leadership because you think about um we're getting up at 7 45 and then the day and keep in mind my days ended earlier than your days because you were working with the oldest um age group boys in terms of being in cabin yeah and pros and cons to every age group but my fate one of my favorite pros to the youngest age group i worked with was as soon as those lights go out they are right behind and it is they are gassed because they're running and gunning all day you yeah, know for sure that is and, definitely um, a difference for with the older group yeah because they're like trying to stay up as late as possible and you're like please go to sleep please go to sleep <laughs> please <laughs> so i i get that it's your last summer it's your cit year but what if we just here's a crazy idea what if we just banged out a solid nine ten hours of sleep huh <laughs> that, I, I think that sounds great for tomorrow right that's a great great for your you got a big trip coming up tomorrow let's get some sleep all right <laughs> oh yeah and then during um just once a semester it was good for the camp just announcing hey we are extending rest hour and we were forcing everybody to <laughs> have a nap best days <laughs> and they were like this is not for the kids. If you mm. happen to take advantage of it, great. But this is for the counselors. And yeah. if you happen to wake them up during this time, there there better be some limbs or something broken, okay? Mm, right. You know, because <laughs> these counselors need to get some rest and recover. <laughs> and you just see like tears start streaming from the counselors. I was like, it's just like a gift so from much. God, you know? Thank you, like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> I've got to reconsider this atheist point of view. I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So uh, what are you drinking on? I brought a um, a uh, Kolsch-style ale. It's like a local, I don't know if you can see it. I got this weird filter on. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a uh, local brewery, Fort Point in San Francisco. And I, oh, nice. Yeah. Well, this is a this is just a dummy beer because I wanted to see you have a freeze. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Oh you in the rest, buddy. <laughs> oh my god. I haven't heard that in so long. Now you're gonna make me want to watch that episode of South Park. <laughs> oh my god. That had to be me, you, and Jimmy Fisher going at it for like two or three hours. And now that I think about it. It wouldn't have surprised me if the staff just went up to Raj afterwards and after that day off and was like, 
hey, we love the experience. Whatever you do, these three cannot be on a day off together. <laughs> like the first half hour, 45 minutes, I was cool with. Yeah. And then it kept going and kept going and kept going because of all the trees. I'm a cat. The funniest part is nobody like reenacts that voice as well as you. So it's hilarious when you say it. You know, if you could hear yourself saying it, it's literally spot on. It's so funny. I wish I could do dialects better, but for some reason there was just a point in time where I could nail a lot of South Park uh, dialects. But uh, I, I, dude, as soon as you mentioned you wanted to uh, like pop open a brew on this, I was like, oh, that's gonna be perfect. <laughs> like bring this back up. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm obviously in Atlanta, but this is um local local to where I came from. So it's Yingling. So it's not. Yeah. It's not I, I will say I found this at Total Wine and they're stretching it a little bit. They had it in the craft beer section. And uh, it's like what's the what's the Hershey's there? It's a, it's a chocolate porter. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like porters then? Dude, I drink them year round. I drink them yeah. year round. Yeah. Um, Do you like Guinness? I mean, it's a stout, I guess, right? Guinness is, but um, um Guinness tastes um a little watery to me, honestly. It, you know what? It is kind of like, even though it looks really dark, it kind of goes down like a light beer. And yeah. I tell that to a lot of people and they're like, oh, you're drinking Guinness. Oh, that's so much. And I'm like, really, this is so easy to drink compared to a lot of other stouts. Yeah, it's kind of like the Michelob Ultra of stout beer. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> It's it's basically a golf beer, you know. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. But I will say there is something to be said about a true, it, I, I get gotta gotta be a capitalistic world and everything but it's almost doing themselves a disservice to do it any other way than off the tap with nitro because that hits much differently it does does it not oh man the the irish know what they were doing when they were they were putting nitro in beers uh i've been finding lately that irish beers and probably german beers are are the the beers that i i I tend to gravitate towards um when drinking and i think maybe it's just the style that they make so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So do you drink a lot of log lagers then or yeah, I tend to stay like beer you like? Yeah, I, st- I tend to stay with like lighter beers. Um uh or the reverse would be like uh like Guinness. I love Guinness. There's also a, a, a an Irish cream ale called Kilkenny. And it's yeah. hard to find, but it's really, really good. It's almost like a like has like a red tint to it, and then with it has the like nitro horses too. on the label or something. It might. I'm not sure. I usually I've never purchased it like in bottles or in in cans. I've only ever found it like on tap at a, a few Irish pubs here. Um, but if I see it, I'm always getting it just because it's you know it's so good and the opportunity is there to get one, so might as well, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting how the same beer will taste differently in just the different styles you can serve it in, whether it's coming off the tap, um, in a bottle, bottle versus can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's an art form. And, you know, my my middle brother, Jarrett, he just moved to Nashville maybe about a year, year and a half ago. And he works for a, a brewery there and kind of started off, you know, doing like the packaging stuff, bottling, you know, you know, uh, packaging the boxes and getting them ready for shipments and stuff. And now he's actually brewing beer. So he's following the recipe and, and, you know, creating the beer from scratch, so to speak. So it's really cool to see his trajectory there. Is he what's considered a brewmaster? No, he's not. He uh, brewmasters are like the ones who are kind of probably a couple of steps up from him. He's probably got to put in several years of work doing what he's doing now. 
And then brewmasters are the ones that kind of create these recipes and, and just, they just have like so much knowledge when it comes to beer. Um, it's, it's, it, it's really incredible. I mean, he, he could go on and on for days. I'm just like, I just like the way it tastes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. so it makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way it tastes and I like the way it feels. So, <laughs> yeah. So I worked, um, I think right before my first or my second summer, just, needed to bridge the gap of work for like two weeks just to get by so i didn't like completely slide into main broke and mm -hmm. i worked uh on the packaging line of jekyll brewing company which is a good local craft beer here in uh, georgia and alpharetta and one working on the line was just physically hard work and then when i started talking to some of the brewmasters and they're doing like ph balances and like looking at the water yeah. and stuff like that i was like Oh, you're 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 pretty much scientists. You're you're drinking pretty much, yeah, pretty much. It's like that's you know follow. It's it's almost like baking, right? Because you have to follow a recipe step by step and exact measurements and whatnot and timing and all this stuff. So really, it, it really is. And it's I, you know I'm I'm really happy for him because he found you know something that he's passionate about. Um, and for some people, that's kind of hard to find. And also on the flip side, is some people might not follow a passion just based on what it pays or or whatnot but you know he's just like screw it i'm just gonna do it and go for it just because it's what i love you know so and i i really admire that for sure yeah so that's i think that's what everybody ideally wants is to find that passion in life and then somehow yeah. be able to create a career and lifestyle off of it yeah yeah and you know as long, as long as you can get by you know and not dread going to work every day because i've been there and it sucks you know so mm -hmm. um yeah if um if the bad days are starting to outweigh the good days consistently and, and every, everybody has rough stretches of work, maybe you have a deadline. Sure. So you can't just be like, Hey, this week's going to suck. I had three bad days or two good days. Don't, don't make a hasty decision like that. Yeah. But if you start approaching six months a year, take, take a step back and evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. Take and sometimes step. it's hard to do because you kind of get stuck in the day to day. Right. And just get into like a lull um, mm -hmm. and sort of like a haze, but but yeah, for sure. Like, like you said, if it's six months in and you're like, man, I'm not really having any good days. It's like, all right, maybe we need to, 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 to look for a change or make a change. You know, I started at camp as an older counselor. And I think that was a blessing for me because you make almost no money as a camp counselor. You yeah. Know, you, you get room and board and we were fortunate enough to have like pretty good meals. Um, yeah from a summer camp standard i gained weight at camp like i don't know how but i did yeah. I, we were eating good <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. oh well we we was fed we was fed yeah, for sure yeah and that highlighted to me um i was at a pivotal point in my life um i thought i had um i was working for public supermarkets but right as i started to pursue a career management was when like that housing market and the 2007 financial crisis uh, started. And so then Publix in a lot of places had to really scale back what they were spending. Yeah. You know, because it felt like people were still riding pretty high from the dot-com boom and everything. And the economy was really ripping and roaring. And so then it um started um to stagnate as far as me climbing up the ladder and then i finally ended up getting a temporary job working for like a medical facility down here but it was seasonal and i didn't get signed on long term which it was a risk but you got to take those in life yeah. and then i got up to camp and again in terms of like actual just money you make one and the hours you work one of the lowest paying jobs but it highlighted to me how much 
not not being negligent, but I'm willing to sacrifice a lot more in my income and salary if I'm happy and I enjoy going to work 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that you, I mean, you're right. When you really think about it, you know, you really think about how much we made, it was pennies on the dollar really, but it was just like, so rewarding. Um, you know, like I said, you got to meet so many different people from all over the world, which is really crazy to me too. It's like, yes. man, you have people coming from the UK, from Australia, from Canada, like just from various parts in Europe, like it was Colombia, right? Like it was, yeah. it was crazy. Which I, I think is beneficial because it's almost like a way to bring traveling to you. If you don't have the resources and stuff to travel, man, just getting to hear everybody's perspective. And then I don't know, you just, I think you, in most cases become a more tolerant compassionate person for sure yeah for sure it's it's awesome and yeah that's that's super cool that your uh, brother's chasing his passion how about um how about yourself what are you chasing right now in terms of your passion and are you uh, are you enjoying your work life if you don't mind me getting yeah into- yeah um so we're i don't know what i'm chasing i guess i'm kind of at a place now to where this is the first job that i have that i don't hate <laughs> and that I'm not bored. I don't want to say I love my job, but I don't dislike it. So I'm kind of just like somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel supported. You know, I feel like the salary that I make is justified based on the work that I do. I feel mm-hmm. like the university and th- so I work for the University of San Francisco. Um, cool. I get an administration job. So I work in the, the registrar's office and I do a lot of work with transfer students and evaluating their transfer credit. So say like a student is transferring from another school, they hand me their transcripts. I look at you know what they've taken and then translate that to, to credit that they've already earned towards their degree at our university. So I, that's mainly what I do. There's some other things that I do also, but it's like the first job that I actually feel like supported and you know have the tools to do the job that I need, you know, have the resources. Um, you know, nobody's looking over my shoulder, checking to make sure I'm doing my work. There's no micromanagement, like all those sort of aspects of a, of a job that everyone would want this job provides. But as far as the work is concerned, I'm not bored, which is good. Cause like a lot of the other jobs that I've had, I get bored within like six months and I'm like, all right, like it's time to do something else. Or the job itself is just not, um, you know, rewarding in terms of like, you know, the, usually the, the staff, it's always good. It's it, it might be like the line of work that you're doing and having to deal with the public. And then, mm-hmm. then, and then that's just like a, you know, random depending on how, who you get, you know? So it's just, um, yeah. So I'm, I feel like I'm in a good space in a good spot. I work from home mostly too. So it provides a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you enjoy working from home or do you like uh, going into the office? Do you like a little hybrid? What's your preferred style in, in, in this specific job? Uh, I would say uh, I would be 100% happy working from home all the time. Um, I know some people, um, a lot of their social outlet is, you know, being able to go to work and some people need to go to work to like collaborate with whatever they're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, see people face to face, have those in-person meetings, just like brainstorming and whatnot. Mostly what I do is on the computer. I don't really meet with many people other than colleagues from time to time. Um, 
And like I said, if I could work from home 100% of the time, I'm on board with that because that's like the ultimate flexibility, right? Because you could be anywhere in the world as long as you're logged in from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Coast time, you're good. So I am on board with that 100%. It's funny because now that I think about it, Camp, you were working from home, but you were also in the <laughs> office every day. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as you work up, you're, you're working from home, but yeah, 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 yeah. You're there. You're that, and it was home, wasn't it? You know, it was home. <laughs> it felt like home. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why day offs are so crucial because, like, you have no separation from work and home. No, yeah, days off were days off. In some ways, were a blur because you're like, okay, we're, we're, it's 10 a.m. and I'm already drinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, God. yeah it's it's so yes. yeah, it's it's awesome man oh that was a, that was another thing that was heartbreaking because i think it was both our it was either were, was your first year the i think your first year might have been the same year as mine i think it might have been um i i remember we i don't know like the georgia boys I think, uh, and I'm blanking on his name, uh, whoever it was that was the local guy in Maine, um, we went up early because you did the pre-camp stuff, right? Like yeah. you would, you know, that, which I love too, you know, that's like serious labor, but I loved it. I, um, if they could just find a way to do pre-camp, the, it would be borderline illegal what I would be willing to pay. <laughs> I would yeah. almost pay them because that was my favorite time of camp. Yeah, I but but back back to what I say what I was saying. I think I, you know, if I if I try to think back and remember, we went up early. I rode up with Hunter and um, um, I think oh man, I'm blanking on names. Somebody else, but we rode up all together from Florida. We road trip to Maine, and then we went to this guy's house who I can't remember who lived locally close by. The guy from Maine. He was in leadership for a little bit. And all the the Georgia guys, you know, like Douglas and Taylor mm -hmm. and like all those Georgia guys were there too. So, and I, you know, I, I can't remember if you were there or not, but. So you were there when Douglas was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, how many years was Douglas there when you were there? I mean, both years that I was there, he was there. All right. So. I think we start at the same time then. Yeah. Because I think I was with Douglas for two years. Yeah. There. Um. Yeah, man, I can't believe I'm blanking on that name either. But, uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. Like, do you have like a his like the picture of him? Oh, are you talking about Bud? No, I'm not talking about Bud. Um, he was a, uh, like so, he was a UGA fan or like an actual. No, no, no. Fan? It was it, it wasn't Bud. I know who Bud is. It was um, he, he there was like some issues with him, and then he ended up like maybe the, the year after I left like he was let go or something but he was like the he's the local mainer um man hunter would know but you know yeah. we'll we could go we could circle back to that if it comes to me you know what he should have done more to st stand out okay <laughs> right in my mind i was just like yeah cut, cut him off <laughs> and that i i felt bad but i would say that to counselors all the time because at a certain point, especially when you're there and you start becoming one of those pre-camp people, you almost kind of become like a celebrity of camp, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I always say it is so easy for 600 people to know one person's name. 
like like Demos when you're up there and you're in the light like you and I were. It's nearly impossible for me to know all 600. <laughs> My right. general rule in life is if you hear me constantly calling you pronouns, buddy, pal, friend, guy, gal, I probably don't know your name. And the, once a semester, I would always get that dreaded question. Like, I think I would get to the end with escaping. And then finally a camper counselor's like, you, you don't know my name, do you? And one time I just wasn't the biggest fan of a counselor. And he's like, you don't know my name, do you? I was like, no, I don't. And honestly, I don't care to know it. All right. You should have done something <laughs> to stand out more. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to apologize for being entertaining. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's your responsibility to entertain me. Yeah. Make me remember you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm not going to apologize for having a great personality and people, want to <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for being a good friend to people. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting there in a the corner. All right. God, stand out. Do stand something out. else. Do something. Do something. <laughs> Let's go. Go climb the rock wall without the ropes, all right? <laughs> you, I've been telling you that for two months. The burden's on you, all right? <laughs> as, as Jimmy Fisher would say, no risk it, no biscuit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I miss him, too. I, actually, you know, I met up with him um, in uh, in London. I don't know what year it was, 2017, maybe? met up with him in London because I went over there with uh, my brother and my my aunt. So my my grandmother's from England. And so we did like a little, you know, little family trip to go over meet and meet some of the cousins and whatnot. And little Jimmy Fisher took the train from, I think Cheltenham is where he was living or something like that. Maybe it's like an hour away from London on train, rode in on the train to London. And uh, we proceeded to drink a lot and uh i remember we walked over to buckingham palace like across from buckingham palace and there was like these cops or these police officers on horseback and we sat on this cement wall that was across from buckingham palace with like our thatcher's gold ciders and then like a little joint that we were sharing between each other while we were looking at buckingham palace and it was just a great night <laughs> so they could they could they can smoke in uh, the uk I, it's illegal for sure there <laughs> they can they can it's illegal <laughs> definitely not <laughs> yeah and keep in mind um in america the burden of proof is on the state and the people accusing so there you go yeah keep that as far as i know nobody saw us <laughs> oh so you guys got to enjoy some trees <laughs> yes some green in front of a cat <laughs> <laughs> exactly on horseback. <laughs> uh, congratulations. This is going to be the le least listened to episode because we're just going to keep doing that. <laughs> like, again, I gave it 20, 30 minutes. They said freeze like 15 times. Yes. <laughs> and I blacked if out. only they knew. Yeah. Go back and find that episode and you'll laugh. Oh, my That's God. That's all I got to say. It's one of the best episodes of all time. Book him, boys. <laughs> You're filthy. <laughs> Oh my God, Jim Fisher! What a character, man! Yeah, <laughs> you want to talk about somebody who's made for camp? J yeah, James Fisher for sure, legend. And uh, did you um did you get to meet his brother? Uh, yeah, actually, I think he was he was uh did he was he there at camp? Yes, I think he was there. So he was there the year the first maybe my first year maybe our first yes. year. Yes, so that, then then we that that confirms that we were there together. Yeah. Because he yeah. was actually my co-counselor. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't get to know him too well, but I I, I mean, I know who he is too. So, um, and you know, like your first year, everything's kind of like a blur to a certain mm -hmm. extent. And then the next yeah. year you go back, everything just seems just like, comes back to you and seems so natural and just seems, you know, like not like a deer in headlights. Right. So no. um, yeah. Yeah. And then you get like, you, and then you only have to learn half the people's names because half the people come back. So it's just a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. It's great, dude. That second year is, I can't even describe how much easier it is. It's, yeah. it's gotta be what athletes and people do like who go through seasons of their job. Cause that's kind of what it is. It's, it's a seasonal job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, you definitely grow throughout the summer, but again, when you come back second summer, you're like, all right, I know the ropes. This is what I need to do. I know yeah, exactly. And then you end up being the one answering questions, you know, people come yeah. to you and ask questions. You're like, Oh, okay. This is a little different, but great. Yeah. So then, um, were you pre-camp your first year? Both years. Yeah. 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 Cause you had the hunter connection. So that's, yeah. I can't remember I, I think I did a little bit of everything the first year, but I know the second year I was on weed whacker duty and I actually loved it. It was great. Yeah. Um, you kind of, you have like this little group of people, I think maybe like three of you or two of you or three of you or something that are weed whacking. And it was just like, you sort of ran into everyone a little bit here and there throughout the day. But when you were done, like your whole body was just like vibrating. It was really interesting just because. Yes, I, I did weed whacking crew. And again, you think it's so easy, but yeah. It's... No, you got to get in there too. And then the people who end up getting like ticks and stuff, like it's probably you because you're sitting there like in like this brush, right? You're clearing out all this brush with the weed whacker. Um, so uh, luckily I didn't get bit by a tick. I found a few on me before they like latched in, which was pretty lucky. And actually Tyler Matthews found one on my neck and I didn't even know it was there. And he was just like, ah, come grabbed it off my neck. And he actually like pinched me off. I was like, holy crap. Like, oh my God. Thank you. You saved my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I only ended up with about two or three ticks throughout my summers there, which considering I was up there for five summers, pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. But yeah. there was one where the mark was looking a little sus. And I just texted one of my friends who is a nurse. I was like, so what can you tell me about Lyme's disease? Yeah, you know, it's been prevalent there, too. So that's something like to be concerned about. Um it, um, I mean, obviously, it's not life threatening, really, for I don't think it is, but the, but there there could be long term repercussions from it, you know, so um, luckily, that didn't, that didn't happen. But uh, as far as I know, like, if you spray yourself down well enough with like, some cancerous D, it's not going to bite into your skin. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I was about that deep. Yeah, uh, I, I bathed in that shit when I was there, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> one of the worst times I used, I think we had, it was, might've been a hundred percent deep if that even exists. And I was, <laughs> I was working the ropes course and I was up top and I got one of them to toss me up the deep and um, I sprayed all over and any type of bug spray, whether it's deep free or deep, I um, just close my eyes and kind of pucker my lips in and just spray it. And I did not pucker them well enough. And it got on my lips and they were so numb and I could not enunciate. And I was like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to not have words come to my my <laughs> mouth because I'm 40 feet in the air and I'm directing these kids how to unhook from a carabiner and hook, hook another one while yeah. they're also 40 feet in the air. <laughs> See, it's mistake number one. The proper technique is to walk and spray so that it's going behind you. As I was hooked to a tree, Demos. I was hooked <laughs> to a tree 40 feet in the air. There was no way. Walk in the air. Make it work. You could do it. <laughs> oh, man. 
there was Put a little no fan on fan on the top of the deets you know the spray so the fan just blows it past you <laughs> yeah and then later that summer um i was again up on the ropes course and then it's one of the dude maine is infamous it's one of those weather regions where storms can just kind of come through and they can just pass by real quickly and um we're up there and it's one of those ones where we don't have to go to a cabin but we just kind of have to wait it out and get to a safe area and because i was like in the middle part and there was one other by the perch or like just walk over to the perch and just uh stay up there i was like i'm not gonna tell you how to do your job but you want tim and i to stay connected to metal 50 feet in a tree i'm i'm not a meteorologist and i don't proclaim to know how weather works but <laughs> I feel like everything I've been told says this is the exact last place you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the only thing worse you could do is throw your hands in the air. And just, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, don't worry. Don't worry. I was like, Hey, if you, if you guys don't want us to work at camp, just tell us, you know, we'll, we'll zip yeah, yeah, there's, there's a better way to go about doing this. <laughs> I don't have to die. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like this, Lauren. It doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> at least send me one less general. Just tell me you don't like me. <laughs> I get it. I'm 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 a tough I'm an obnoxious personality. I get it. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> I'll make a better effort to learn people's names. I swear to God, I will. <laughs> I'm I sorry. I forgot see. what your name was. I just want to see goodbye to my mom one more time. <laughs> oh my god! Kids, look away. I'm pissing myself. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh God, man! <laughs> as long as I can have one more fluffer nutter before you let me go, please. <laughs> oh. I swear to God, sun butter's not that bad. <laughs> oh I'm not even gonna complain that you robbed me and Demos of the greatest day off pairing ever. I know both years, man. Yeah, and so I I didn't get to interact with you too much the first year, but um we got to hang out a little bit just because I was on adventure staff and they kind of come in right after pre-camp, but man, I and we'll get to this story in a second um about the most epic cast to catch ratio that ever happened at camp. I, I mean, I don't think it could be beaten, you know. But dude, the between us, the first three casts, you cast one and you just Yep we're yeah, good <laughs> and i was like man what are the odds that's so cool i was so happy for you and then i cast one and oh, oh whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are the odds we had to have been like the first people that threw a lure in that water for like since last summer or something because they i mean we were just reeling them in one after another I thought you were two for two or three for three on you. Yeah, yeah, we were for sure. And, and we have pictures to prove it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I'm going to post on social. I'll post a little Nick pick, you know. Um, so we'll keep we with the Bass Bros. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it was so epic. And then, I, and we made this joke because um, you get to write who your top five like requests are as far as counselors who you would want on your day off. And that was a year you brought up Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second year, yeah. Yes. Yeah. My third year, his second year, we ended up being uh, roommates in in our leadership suite. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so what do you think of Q, man? I I miss him. I haven't seen him in a long time too. But um, that second year, we road tripped up together, me and Q, uh, and that was so much fun. So a lot, a lot of fun. 
It's so hard not to like you. He's got such an infectious smile. He's mm. so friendly. I remember there was a one time we were doing rides to and from the health center because we were leadership and we were working at night. And he gave a counselor a ride. <laughs> and they're like, oh, thank you so much. He's like, no problem. He's And they're like, why didn't you say no problem? He's like, I used to work at Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> this is great line. Oh, my God. He's yeah, got the- he, he, and he does say that shit all the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's almost like at this point, it's just like ingrained in his brain to just like, that's just an automated response. But it is genuine, though, too. It's not like he's saying it just to kind of like, you know, slag you off or whatever. So he's such a genuine, good guy. Mm -hmm. And I had such a blast living with him. I was so glad I got to live with him. But I think he, because you took him up there, he was your number one request for day off. But I was number two and you were my number one. And then when we found out we weren't together, we had that running joke that like, we're getting treated like the GD Patriots out here. They're taking away our first round draft pick. Yeah, they are. I mean, it was, it was, it was, oh, it was awful. But, you know, you think they could have just managed it, right? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I think it was, there might have been foul play involved. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody didn't want us bonding. Yeah. <laughs> Again. We went overboard with the freeze, all right? We were hammered, all right? It was pre-camp. It's a different time at camp, okay? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'll stop. <laughs> I get it. We don't even have to go with the group. It can't just mean me, Q, and Dino, all right? Yeah, I don't have to go with number three, four, or five. Just make number one and two happen, please. <laughs> we had an average draft choice of 1.5. <laughs> You can't let you can't even let me have that. Like <laughs> it was literally the second best draft draft average you could have, and you're stripping our first round picks like we're the damn Patriots. I'll never ask for anything again. And you do that while we're in the New England area of all areas to do that to us. How dare you? God, it's like a <clears throat> Deflate Gate all over again. Yeah, I got a few questions, leadership. Who, who do you think you are? Yeah, first of all, (laughs) explain yourself. (laughs) Secondly, I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Third, I hope you've got a bigger wait list of counselors wanting to apply than you do campers because you've got two walking up the hill for the last time. (laughs) And I mean it, I promise. (laughs) You, let's go. Three three Uh, people. My bags are already packed. (laughs) You got two rangers and a socko, just sayonara. Yeah, yeah. Good luck replacing us. <laughs> you got the bread of the sandwich. We're holding this. We're holding both together. <laughs> you see what you're doing. You yeah. see what you're doing to the chemistry of the camp. <laughs> Let me ask you something. What's? Why do you aim to have your associates disgruntled? <laughs> because that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> it sounds like a weird business model. <laughs> and how are we coming out better on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> Explain to me how this helps camp. <laughs> because it's not helping me <laughs> i haven't seen that many l's since my last my first and last name all right hopelessly <laughs> lopresti that's the only time i'm taking that many l's yeah, yeah i won't allow it i refuse <laughs> uh, what's the appeals process look like here <laughs> how much paperwork do i have to fill out because i'm starting tonight I'm prepared to present my case in front of the council fire. I'm representing myself. Jokes on you. My last semester at school, I got an A in business law. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, dude, it's, it's a tough thing to balance. And honestly, one of the biggest determining factors between day off staff is simply who has cars. 
Yeah, that's also true too. I forgot that that was a factor. Yeah, because I think that was, I think that's when uh, maybe Jack Adamo was back then. Yeah, he was there the second year that I was there. Okay, and he took me on a golf cart ride up to the parking lot after like all the staff had arrived. And he said, can I show you something? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know if I've ever seen um, the staff parking lot this low in terms of cars. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because our first summer, it's like, you're, you're, you're going to have to park on the road. Like, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to park on the the decomposing pile of weeds that we've <laughs> we've piled up in the parking lot here that smells like pure sulfur. <laughs> Look, you're going to have to park. You're going to have to park at the next camp next door. And if you get towed, that, that's actually on you. That's <laughs> Camp Agawam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are you, college, university? Having nowhere to park and then towing us? Yeah, you, know, you can park at the uh, the uh, the little uh, what was that little store? Webbs Corner store. Yeah, the corner store. Yeah. To this day, the best sandwich I ever had was that. Oh yeah, that place is. They also had something like popular there up in Maine. It was like, was it Roxy Soda or something Moxie. like that? Moxie, Moxie, Moxie. Yeah, I I've never seen that anywhere else other than in. There's in, a reason in, it's in, hot garbage, and yeah, I I apologize to no Mainer. Yeah, I went there once, never again. <laughs> never going back. No. No, it was um I yeah, I absolutely love living with Q. I miss him so much. But when we first started living together, I was like, hear me out and feel free to punch me if that I'm willing to accept that. I feel you and I have the potential to have a Zach Raff and Donald Faison relationship from Scrubs. I want you to be my brown bear. I want to be your eagle. And he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And then we had this dope ass handshake that ended um, where we um, brushed off our shoes and then went up and brushed off each other's shoulders and crossed our arms and we're like, "Boy, you so fly!" <laughs> can you still you re- can you reenact it like to this day? Um, you might I, need a refresher. Maybe the both of you combined could. So I think it would like cross hands like that, and then maybe we did like a shoulder touch. But then again, it goes. Uh, down to the shoes to dust them off and then we brush each other's shoulders off cross arms and go boy you so fly but that's that's kind of my thing is I like developing personal like handshakes with people and um, at a certain point they just called me and they're like hey you are so good for the culture you you have the personal handshakes with people and it really helps build community that being said, these handshakes are making you 45 minutes late to every activity because you just have an assembly. Literally everyone you cross paths with, so you have a handshake with it. We, has to be we, we had to close down fishing because the counselors were in the line waiting to get their handshake with you. <laughs> okay, now, like, everyone's like, please, please, hurry. <laughs> like, there's not- no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts in a handshake. I'm not cutting off 25 minutes of my routine. Just just to appease you. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't we pride ourselves in doing it the right way. Uh, yeah, we, we're doing it the right way and we're doing it to the full extent. There's no shortcuts in this. <laughs> nope. Nope. Everybody gets their time. I can't help it if the uh handshakes keep getting longer. And that was one thing Will Stone and I did is we added something to our handshake every year. And we had this because I grew up with Will, and we had this running joke where we just called each other fatties and stuff. And so we would go and then go over stomach and go fatties for life and then off of one of the 
car insurance commercials where they had the Pillsbury Doughboy. Then we would put our uh, hand <laughs> oh on God. each other's belly and then go, I'll get it together. I'll promise. And then the last year we added a shimmy where we would go like the Borat. And then yeah. we started singing Nelly. We would go, I'm going down now, baby. Oh, shoot. <laughs> boom, 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 baby. Ready to let it go. <laughs> How long? How long was this handshake then? Like we're adding it, minutes. It started to the, escalating. It, yeah, it, yeah, it for sure. Control. Well, you you can't blame your creativity. I mean, that's that's has nothing to do with it at all. I mean, again, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna apologize. <laughs> I'm not gonna apologize for being creative. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I thought this was the place for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I thought that this is what we were supposed to do. Isn't this camp? Aren't we supposed to express ourselves? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Is this not America? <laughs> <laughs> another great South Park <laughs> I don't care if I can see Canada's border right now this is still telling me freedom it is and and that's a side that I want to be on <laughs> oh boy is it is it man I um so how long have you been living out in San Francisco it's been I moved here in 2016 so it's yeah. been six years yeah six and a half years so how yeah. was it being out in California going through the pandemic because I know they were um they they could have been a bit more uh protective with their um with their policies and stuff they could have been a bit more protective no no they they I'm sorry they seemed uh, a bit more protective with yeah the yeah they were it, it, they it, uh, I mean, aired on the side of caution a bit more for um, sure um yeah it was it was definitely a tough time man um there was like a period and I think everyone sort of can relate to a, the period of time where you were like, you know, sh should I even leave my house or should I even like, you know, meet up with somebody or anything like that? <laughs> I mean, it was I was it wasn't that intense, but like things were shut down. You couldn't do anything. It wasn't technically allowed like you couldn't go to restaurants. You couldn't go to bars. You couldn't you you weren't supposed to be mingling with other people at their houses and stuff. And then like. San Francisco, especially, you know, California as a whole kind of at some point started doing things county by county, what, what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. But um, yeah, they, they took it a lot more seriously and it took a lot longer for things to get back to normal. And they still really aren't even back to normal. I mean, you still have to wear a mask here if you go into a hospital or a government building. Um and then I remember you'd have to wear, I, I don't have a car here, so I take public transportation and uh, you'd have to wear, you don't have to now, but for the longest time, you'd have to wear a mask on the bus or on the subway and stuff like that. So it was just like, um, it was tough for a while, for sure. Yeah. Are public schools considered a government building? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Um you know, I have a school right down the street here and I see, I don't see kids. I mean, they're outside though, too. I'm not in the classroom, so I'm not sure what that's like, but outside they don't have, they're not wearing masks. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I did a few years as two years as an assistant pre-K teacher. And there was a lot of, um, lot of controversy about what to do with schools and stuff as there should be. It's a very sensitive, incredibly, uh, complicated topic and subject yeah, for sure there's um you're never going to be able to please everyone so um there were a lot of statements being made about teachers being forced and all of this stuff and i reached out to one of my friends who um who worked at camp and 
I really respect her opinion and her stance on things. She's very well thought out and articulates her stance very well. And I was able to private message her just because I um I wasn't I wasn't just gonna jump into that shit show. <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't about it. And we had a great conversation. And I was like, and she's also a social worker in Detroit. So she's she's out there literally doing the Lord's work, you know? Yeah. I mean, on that, you know, she's kind of on both sides of the coin there. Social workers are like, like, like in the thick of it, like on the streets, like they're at ground zero, so to speak, when it comes to any sort of like social issues that, um, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other. So um, social work is, uh, you have, you really have to have a passion about people in general. Uh, yes. Um, and she her. does. She does. Yeah. Cause she was a, she was a phenomenal camp counselor. She was mm -hmm. great. And we were talking again, we had a great conversation and I, I think it's just that I graduated with a communications degree. I stress to people all the time, try your best to have conversations, especially important ones mm -hmm. face to face, because it is, it, it's hard enough to communicate. It's so hard and then when you take out context and body language, yeah. you're trying to discuss some of the most important topics of our lifetime in this form where you start getting rewarded for having the most bombastic and controversial statements. It seems like a recipe for disaster, but I was talking to her and I was like, hey, a few things as a former camp counselor and preschool teacher, I was like, one, at no point was I ever forced to go to school. Mm -hmm. I, I was never forced to. And two, as somebody, if you're ever working with children, the number one job you have, whether it's implicitly or explicitly stated, is you are there to protect them and make sure, bare minimum, they are safe. And you are getting them back to wherever they need to go, home or whatever destination, equal or better to than when you found them. And yeah unfortunately your your job is to protect them and that was made incredibly clear to me when unfortunately when i was a preschool teacher um like the third day of my um second year we had to do a real life active shooter sh um lockdown yeah. it, within a block <clears throat> as it was yeah and i i was the only male in school um as as staff and it wasn't even a thought that if that hat situation had to, if push had to come to shove, immediately I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure those 22 get home. Yeah, mine. I'd love to get home, but they, they, they are, they are, they are first, second, and third. Yeah, and then I am so far down the pecking order of who I want to get home first. Obviously, I want to get home, but yeah. I, and it was going to be the same way at camp. Is I don't want to, but I. God forbid there might be a situation that arises where I may have to put my life on the line to protect the kids. And yeah. I, that's what I sign up for. Yeah. And, you know, um, you don't really think of it that way, especially if you, you know, I'm of course, not, you don't want to. Yeah. You, you don't think of it like a lot of people don't. I mean, obviously nowadays, like it's just sort of too common. Right. Um, but, you know, you don't really think about it if you're not a teacher, the amount of, responsibility that teachers have and um you know they're not doing it for for the money they're not doing it you know uh for any other reason other than they just love teaching and they love being around children and they love you know 
you know, providing a, a, a platform for students to learn and grow and, you know, so and being a mentor and all those sorts of things. It has nothing to do with being selfish. I feel like teaching has absolutely nothing to do with being selfish. So um, sometimes you might need to take a step back and realize that, you know, for yourself, like, you know, really, like, would you could you see yourself doing this? A lot of people would be like, no, and a lot of people wouldn't be good for it, too, because they're probably more self-centered. Um, and that's like the probably the worst teacher that you could ever have is somebody who would put themselves before anyone else. So. Mm -hmm. And because it's not a, um, unfortunately, it is becoming more common, but we were fortunate enough to grow up in an era where it really never happened. Yeah, it's it's not a job such as a firefighter or police officer or, or a um, military veteran where it that's kind of like assumed that, yeah, your life may it's probably going to have to be you hope not, but there's there's a chance in this business you're going to have to put your life on the line. That's what you're doing. That's yeah. what you're doing is you're saying that I want to help elevate my community. But I know the number one job is if push comes to shove, I lay down my life or I I, I put myself in front of whatever harm may come to them. Yeah. And it's not something you really want to talk about or discuss as a teacher because <clears throat> there's a lot of other goals you need to accomplish in terms of just educating and helping raise these young children. But it kind of is, again, whether it's stated or not, that is the number one thing is, and yeah. we, we would tell our preschool class all the time. It's like, mm -hmm. we want you guys to be able to count. We want you guys to be able to start to read and get words, but it means at your ABCs mean zero to me. If I can't return you to as good or better condition than yeah. you showed up to my classroom yeah. day after day. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You know, it's unfortunately the way the, the world that we live in, though, too, you know, it's just it's, it's sad that it is the way that it is. Um, um, and it's kind of really hard for me to envision what that would be like, uh, you know, as a as as a teacher in school, actively there every single day. Um, um, like I said, it, it at this point, it kind of is what it is, and it's unfortunate. So and I'm about to change speeds a little bit on you it's it's not really funny but when i because i was the only male teacher in the school it is there's no gray area it's either the parents want a male teacher for their kids or they don't and then all of a sudden a lot of those parents who had a problem with their you know kid having a male teacher after they heard of that incident they they all of a sudden tried to switch their kid into my class because i was a male i was like oh <laughs> what, what changed? I, I I thought it was this big gremlin and monster, yeah. but oh, let me. Yeah, you're like no oh. take backs. <laughs> Twenty four yeah. hours ago, huge piece of shit, potential predator. Even though I've passed numerous background checks and climbed the ladder of a summer camp and have a, a sterling reputation and one of the best recommendations on care.com, but mm -hmm. it's really hmm. judgmental at that point, right? Like I guess, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, but... I get it. I get it. You know. I'm I'm not going to blame them because more often than not, it seems that um, if stuff like that is happening, it's a male doing mm -hmm. it too, you know, and, which sucks, you know, because you 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 have to try and um, it just sucks, you know. Yeah, like you you completely understand where they're coming from, and the, dude, as much as we love our campers, and as much as I love my pre-K class, and 
oh my God, they, they are my entire heart and world. I can't even imagine how it's ratcheted up when that's your actual flesh and blood. Yeah. So yeah, I have no blame or animosity towards them. Yeah. But when I did ask, I had to be, well, what changed? Because part of you is though, like, I wish you had an opportunity to get to know me though, too, right? Like, I would feel that way, you know, I'd be like, you know, maybe your your opinion would change if if you actually knew who I was or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah. but you can't really help that, I, I, I guess. You can only just keep doing, doing you, doing what you do and yeah. every single day going to work, doing the same thing, you know, putting your best foot forward, putting the students first and word will spread at some point that, you know, if you're doing a good job, people will know, period. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, You've been keeping up with the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I've been following the U.S. It's probably one of mine. Surprisingly, uh, the sport that I follow the most now. I never played soccer growing up. Like baseball, played in college. Football, played in high school. Like huge fall, fall football growing up, baseball growing up, basketball a little bit. But soccer kind of snuck in there. And it's really interesting to me because I have like no hands-on experience with soccer. But all of a sudden, it's like my favorite sport. I don't know how that happened, but but it did. It's so funny because I played soccer all my life growing up, but I had no interest in watching it. And when people would just ask me that, they're like, well, I said, soccer players are just complete pansies. They're like, didn't you play all your life? I was like, I know exactly what I said. I'm <laughs> you not don't above it. I'm again. not above it. <laughs> I'm disgusted with myself, okay? <laughs> we live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, don't bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ought to know. <laughs> yeah, man. So I've, I've been following the World Cup. I think probably what really brought me on to following soccer was just the U.S. and just being like, follow, like having a love for anything United States related, right? Like, um, I don't watch hockey, but if the Olympics are on and the U.S. are playing, I'll watch, you know, or the, the, the Olympics in general. Like, I never watch swimming or track and field or anything like that, but... I'll hop on and watch the U S play. And I think maybe I watched the world cup in like 2006 and that got me hooked. So um, we're doing pretty well. We got out of the group. We're playing Netherlands on Saturday morning mm -hmm. and it's the knockout round. So it's winter go home at this point. So we're, we're in it, we're in it to win it. So. <laughs> oh, whenever I think of Netherlands, I think of that great, Austin Powers quote. I think it was from Gold. Oh Hill. my God. There are two it, things I can't It was Michael Caine. It was Michael Caine. Oh yeah. Two things yeah. I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and, and the, the Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Michael Caine and Austin Powers. Yeah. Austin Powers is standing next to Michael Caine. And I think they were talking to, I forget who they're talking to. Uh, uh, Anyway, but yeah, I, I just literally just saw that too the other day in the Dutch. <laughs> people who are intolerant of other people's cultures in the Dutch. <laughs> That's hilarious that you just brought that up. I literally just saw a meme about that like a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you knew it had to be coming. Yeah, yeah, you for sure. Coming. So I don't, I don't, again, I never really watched soccer growing up just because it wasn't that big in the U.S. and it seems yeah. to... It's starting to grow, and especially in Atlanta, they fielded a decent team uh, for some yeah. years, and they won their championship a few years ago. Mm -hmm. You should try to go to a game there one time, you know, just like, a, I don't know how ex expensive the tickets are or anything like that, but I feel like, it, I mean, they fill the stadium pretty well. I feel like the atmosphere there at Atlanta United would be really, really nice, and obviously they have a Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like, I feel, you know, brand new, you know, it'd be a pretty cool experience, I think. Yeah, the Ben Stadium is pretty cool and it's pretty nice. I was my buddy was talking to me about wanting to go to the game this weekend, but then he realized he could um 
sell the tickets for a pretty penny because they're yeah. playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh fans um travel really well. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, hey, no, no, worries. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. honestly, it would have it would it would have been fun to go, but when you go to games now, it's it's a lot. I'm starting to realize not not even money wise. I'm starting to realize how valuable my time is, and for sure, it's you minimum. It feels it. like a six hour commitment. Yeah, you you you're talking about commute time, parking, um, you know, the lines to get through, security, you know, finding your seat, waiting in line to go to the bathroom, waiting in line to get a beer, waiting in line to get some food. And then the whole mass exodus of people and like sitting in traffic and all that kind of stuff. So I hear you, man. I hear you 100%. You really got to love it, right? Like, obviously, you're not going to go do that if you're like, yeah, I could care less, but I got a free ticket. Like, now you really got to really, you know, be passionate about it for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think another part of it is, and I'm interested to see if this is something they're going to have to deal with going forward. Dude, home entertainment systems and TVs and stuff are dirt cheap now. So the, price it costs to take just you and a date let alone a family to a game it's like i can buy the whole setup here and yep. the pictures are so clear and there's so zoomed in that it looks like i'm on the field yeah yeah that's that's a good talk that's a, a a big talking point now too is like what about families like think about families of four like if you want to take your kids to a game like baseball really seems like the only sport at the moment that seems affordable you know what I mean? Uh, but just, just to get in and get seats, right? I'm not even talking about food because, you know, the concessions is all jacked up no matter what sport you go to. But um, that's the big argument now is like maybe there's going to be a whole lot of people in these generations coming up that aren't going to be passionate about the sports because they can't like either A, it's not like the, they can't afford to go take their family to a game, you know, uh, spending $50 on on each ticket so if you have a family of four like that's 200 bucks just to get your foot in the door and then what happens when you get hungry what happens when you get thirsty like parking like paying for parking like it's just it's really expensive and not a lot of people can you know justify spending money like that um just that, to go to a game i think that's going to be a big thing is stadiums need to make sure they're creating their own parking decks or they need to work with the businesses in the area and say look if you're charging the same amount for our our customers to park as it is to the game, we've got to figure we've got to coexist. You know, there's yeah. got to be a symbiotic relationship. They can't be paying seventy five dollars for a ticket and then seventy five dollars to park. And it's oftentimes, a, a and typically an unsafe area, just because you, you are in cities. You know, yeah. not all yeah. cities are bad, but you know. it's it's a money grab. You know, supply and demand. People need to park somewhere. And that, if that's known, then of course they're going to jack the prices up, right? So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it, you know, yeah, I get it. So, you're you're out in San Francisco. You've been out there since 2016. How do how do you like it, man? I really like San Francisco a lot. Uh, there are a lot of things that I like, and there are some things that I don't. I don't like how expensive it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't like um, some of the homelessness issues, mm. uh, but other than that, I feel like I pretty much like everything. I like, uh, it's not really a big city, you would think. It no, is, no. Really not. Yeah. I've been there and that San Francisco on its own changed my mind about where you get your food from matters because they 
take a lot of pride and farm to table. And when I was kind of just turning my nose up at it and thinking it was just another snobby California thing, I had a burrito and it literally restored my faith in mankind. (laughs) And it was, it was already like pretty high. I was like, I enjoy life. I enjoy people. Most of them are good. There's no doubt now. There's no doubt. It's an open and shut case. Yeah, they're, they're kind of known for burritos here, too. It's like tacos is like a Southern California thing. But here, it's, here it's a lot of people think San Francisco is warm. It is never warm, ever. You're, you're on the ocean. Ever. It is always between 50 degrees and 70 degrees, 365 days a year. You know, it, it, it there there might be three days a year that that it gets hot. So no none of the homes here have AC. Like, that's, you know, the only places that have AC are like... Um, you know, public places like movie theaters or, you know, stuff like that, hotels. Um, so it's really interesting. It's really unique. Um, the architecture here is amazing. The, the variety of food that you can get here is amazing. Um, uh, it's a, like I said, it's a small city. It's only seven, seven miles by seven miles, you know, so it's, it's really not that big. Did you just all. say Sam by Sam? Sound. I think it might be sound, sound by sound. About maybe about it, not, but not quite loud. Not not quite loud, but it's sound by sound. Sound by sound while you're sipping on a salmon sound. <laughs> and watching salmon sound. Oh, look at that! Looks like we're a match made hell. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um. So you just mentioned that not a lot of places have AC. Are people starting to change that just because I know the Pacific Northwest recently over the past few years went through a bunch of heat waves and that was a big issue in terms of health and safety concerns is that it was just majestic climates all year round. The winters can be beautiful and especially in Washington, they can probably be a little, a little harsh. Um, What, what us Southern boys would consider harsh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so are people maybe starting to consider AC in their in their living quarters? Not that I know of. Uh, I don't think it's necessary here because it's just sort of like a microclimate in this area. So uh, the Central Valley, and this is what I've been told, the Central Valley um, obviously is a lot warmer than on the coast. Central Valley is like, you know, it gets in the hundreds in the summer and stuff. And what that does is like inland heat. Uh, creates like this current where the the coolness from the Pacific Ocean, the cool air gets drawn in through the Bay of San Francisco to cool down the Central Valley. So the Bay Area, like that's where you get all of like the iconic pictures of San Francisco with this rolling fog that's coming in. Mm-hmm. It's because it's the world's way of trying to cool down the inland or the Central Valley. So that San Francisco kind of just, uh, it's not being affected. It's always, literally always the same. If you go anywhere in San Francisco without a jacket, you make a mistake, I'm telling you. Every time I've done that, big mistake. Worst decision of my life. So you're saying, so you're saying there's a constant breeze. <laughs> there's a constant breeze. <laughs> <I'm cold. laughs> oh my God. Dude, we could do that literally for like four hours and still come up with something new. <laughs> oh, dude. And we just started stretching it because, again, <laughs> you, me, and Jimmy were throwing it back. And people are like, what are you, Project Pack? You're just, yeah. just, just stretching any word. It's so, like, oh, they're at it again. 
I um I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I am fortunate enough to my family has a summer cottage up there, and it's this gorgeous area, and you only have about twenty cabins. So if one becomes available, you almost have to know somebody to get in. So we're we're able to like keep it nice and kind of just a great culture. Yeah. And, um, my friends and family who I grew up there with, um, one of the um, couples were talking to me and we were talking about what they were going to do um, the next week. And they were like, we're going up to Maine and we're going to hike and stuff. And I was asking where they were staying at. They're like, Oh, we're staying at these towns. I was like, are you, I was like, are you guys going to float the Saco river? They're like, yeah, we are. How'd you know? I was like, there's only so much to do in Freiburg, Maine. There is yeah. only so much to do. I was like, here's what you need to do. I was like, yeah, because the river, and they were talking about like where they're renting it. I was like, yeah, happen to be renting from Saco bound uh, uh, expeditions. They're like, how'd you know? It's like, that's where we uh, run it from all the time. I was like, here's what you need to do. You need mm -hmm. to give your taste buds a nice little present. And there's this hole in the wall diner called Banners. Oh, my and God. I was like, I'll reach out and he'll verify. And you're talking about two boys who lived in the South. For me. I don't know how, and Banners, I think, was technically in New Hampshire because it was like right on the state. Yeah, because it was like North Conway area, wasn't yep, it? Yeah, North Conway yeah. and Freiburg are right there yeah. together. I said, I don't know how New Hampshire's doing it, but they had the best biscuits and gravy. And my buddy Demo said they were second only to his family's. And again, we're, we're some Southern boys. Yeah, I to this day, I will stand by that tooth and nail. Like, I swear to you. I've I will never... fight you. I will fight you say <laughs> anything else. Don't you ever say anything bad about banners. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the last thing you say. <laughs> um, uh, Peter Schwartz, who was actually the one who kind of mentioned your name because he said you were living in San Francisco. And that's why I was like, oh, let me write Demo's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I reached out to you because on Arch episode, he mentioned you. And Oh, yeah. I'll have to go look back and listen to that then. Uh, you, I, I mean like when he bit into those biscuits and gravy he was just like perfection absolute perfection and i was like hey peter what sh shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know when this euphoria is going to wear off but You're i'm like, trying to okay? avoid as much as i can <laughs> i'm i'm riding a biscuits and gravy high right now shut the fuck up everybody <laughs> and I, I told them I'm to having an the out-of-body experience right now. <laughs> and, and they get back and they're like, Lepressi, we took up your suggestion. I was like, you flowed the soccer? They're like, yeah. And they're like, we went to Banner. So I was like, how was the biscuits and gravy? He's like, I got a burger. I was like, what did you just what? say? <laughs> What's that tell? The fuck did you just say? You, you got a burger to go, right? But you had biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Yeah, right like, oh, oh oh you got that to go right like nope your boy's eating a banner's chicken sandwich on the river but that's after the yeah. gullets had biscuits exactly exactly oh and the, oh and how i was mocked when i walked out of banners with a to-go chicken and sandwich meal and then an hour and a half in and everybody's six seven eight beers in after their six or seven eight beers in from the pregame morning hunger starts to creep in sun burning down on you legs getting tired from having to walk those inner tubes across the rocky and, river was, floor. and they're like hey bobo can i get a I was like, oh, I, what, what happened to the jackass you were all making fun of <laughs> what, you, you, you're just you're just 
you you're just making fun of you're just making fun of the little guy, and then before you know it, you've insulted Tyrion like, Lannister. And I'm sorry, thing. this isn't a charity. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. had your opportunity. You had your opportunity. <laughs> so you know, those biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Uh, hear me we now. Need, we need to figure out a way for them to like overnight them to us and like a and like one of those boxes that have like the little ice packs like the freeze-dried ice or whatever they do that for pizza in new york this one place i saw somebody on youtube uh literally got delivered a pizza from like one of these iconic pizza places in new york overnight <laughs> and it oh, looked incredible <laughs> my god but it probably cost like a hundred dollars or something ridiculous I don't know if you can put a price tag on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. That's what in fact, in fact, I'm still asking for the for the recipe, but they're you know, it's it's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, if if they told me they're like, we can't overnight it, but it's a hundred dollars, I'd be like, Oh, you guys are running a sale. <laughs> Some promotion. Oh, no, it's it's is it still Black Friday sale? <laughs> oh, here we're here we are in January and you I appreciate it, New Hampshire. Yeah, here it is. It's Thursday, and you're still running the Cyber Monday sale. <laughs> Uh, sorry sir we can't overnight it oh i'm sorry i thought we could live free or die <laughs> touche touche we're sending oh, them out God. right now mr lopresti yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're sending it. oh man i always joked with because main winters were so brutal and i always said if the main winters weren't so brutal after year one i'm moving up there i, I would have moved up there yeah yeah have you been there in the winter i i haven't but it looks brutal. no but joe wolf did joe yeah. wolf did so um yeah, it looks yeah, no chance. The summer magical. Uh, my, minus the mosquitoes, the summer magical. But winter, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know what it is about me. I never really experienced any bad bites from mosquitoes, and, and like they very rarely ever got. Do you me. have and, like a rare blood type? Yeah, yeah, alcohol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my blood is too thin <laughs> for a mosquito to want it. <laughs> they're probably thriving off other people's bloods and just like, yeah, yeah they're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Did you see what happened to Tom when he bit this fool? Uh-uh. We're not doing it. We're oh not doing it. Yeah. We'll, we'll send a hail mary. Word, word spread real fast, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not this guy. Not this. It only guy. took one mosquito bite for the, all of them to know. The other 170 <laughs> people out here, they're gold. They're we're good to go. Light them up. Light them up. Stay away from this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, man, it's been so. <laughs> I had a feeling our conversation was going to go this way. Oh yeah. Because I'm looking at our email about what we can talk about. It's just been rabbit hole. So, for sure. so, and it's all good. It's all good. That's the those are the best kind of conversations, right? They're not scripted. They're just sort of natural and free-flowing. So it's so funny because I, I told you in the whole concept of this podcast for me, I don't know if you've actually read like the description of the podcast, because when you're submitting and starting a podcast and your host site, it asks what a description is. And my whole concept was being a communications major. And in 2021, I got to do a lot of traveling. I was fortunate enough. And two of the places I went to that stood out were I visited Joe Wolf out in the Ozarks. And then I went and visited a um, good friend out in Seattle, Washington. Mm. And I think all things considered, most of those people in those locations are probably about as polar opposite in terms of politics as you can get. Yeah. And man, 
when I sit down and talk with people, we can be on opposite sides of something. But again, when you're having face-to-face conversations, I think it's a lot easier to find common ground than than you think and you can be made to believe nowadays. And I, I would just hear Trump supporters say, yeah, I, I like his business policies, but I'm not against everything on the left. I think there's some sense and some rationale. And same thing, they're like, you know, I, I'm left, but I, yeah. I do like it's good to be conservative with money and finances and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, there are good policies on both sides, but yeah. it seems the moment you get online, you have to become part of this tribe and it's us versus them. And it is, it's a very polar opposite. Right. And then it's also offended if you have a different opinion, you know, and that's like not the way to go. You know, if you want to have, you know, good stimulating conversation to actually come to a common ground. You can't be offended because somebody holds a different viewpoint than you. Um, honestly, like if you really enjoy conversation, it would be intriguing to ask that person, you know, to to articulate the reasons why they hold that viewpoint. And maybe you could see why they hold that viewpoint after you have that conversation and be like, okay, fair enough. You have your opinion. I have mine, or maybe your opinion has changed, or maybe you're more open to changing your opinion or something, you know, it doesn't have to be absolute uh, and it doesn't have to be extreme on either side. So. Jocko Willick said some, said something to me that really, not, not to me, not to me. I'll, I'll text him later. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if you are listening, Jocko, I admire you. And if you yeah. want to be a guest, here's my phone know. number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me know. But he, um, said something on a podcast one time and he's all about leadership and i think he's one of the best leaders i've ever encountered on the internet and um he said if i have an opinion and i'm going to have a conversation with someone i go into that conversation hoping i'm wrong because then i get to learn yeah that's a really great great way to look at it honestly because uh being open uh open-minded or being open-minded like in the terms in, in the sense that um you're willing to hear somebody and what they have to say, as opposed to throwing up your barriers as soon as a, a topic is brought up that you don't agree with or something like that. So if you're not willing to like hear them out, then you're not willing to have a conversation. You didn't, it's, it's, it's a definition of closed mindedness, right? Like, so. Yes. And my last year of school, I finished up online and I finished up at, um, I was in Georgia, but I, ended up getting a scholarship when I was working at Papa John's through the time to finish up at Purdue. Mm-hmm. I finished up as a communications major because to me, more than anything, what's happening right now is a communications crisis. That's what's yeah. going on. And I wanted to have this podcast because the more you talk to people and have face-to-face conversations, and a lot of times, if you have that over a meal, you may not change your mind, but I think you gain understanding and perspective and you can say, that makes sense why you feel that way that experience led you to believe this. And I get that. If I went through this again, like I said, was I, am I disappointed and offended that parents didn't want their kids to be in a class with me because I'm a male? Yes. I think I, I'm always going to believe in myself. And I think I can be the the best assistant pre-K teacher and give their kids the best opportunity. I'm not, I'm not always going to be, there's some people that are going to relate to their kids better, but I had no ill will or animosity because that's the most important person and thing in your life is your children. So I have mm-hmm. no problem with it at all. And yeah. I had no ill will and you've got to do what you want to do. Now, the moment you come crawling and asking to be in that class, I'm, <laughs> I, 
Be like, oh, you you want my opinion? <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> or like that South Park episode, like, oh. <laughs> what was that from the cable episode? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But, um, you just need to listen to people and just hear each other's perspectives. And yeah. honestly, I'm trying to get a lot of guests on who I think may have different opinions and values and perspectives as me, because we talked about it earlier. That was great about campus. It's almost traveling without traveling. And you get to see a lot of different people's perspectives. Yeah. Because like we said, they're coming from all different parts of the country, all different backgrounds, different countries, you know? Um, so in a lot of ways that experience is kind of invaluable. Um, and and maybe going into it, you didn't expect that that would be something that would happen. But coming out of it, you can sort of look back and appreciate those experiences and those relationships that you made. So yeah, I'm like able to have deep conversations with our British co-counselors and be like, so why do you drive on the incorrect side of the road? That seems <laughs> What's going on there? yeah, because I, I think I remember the automobile being invented in this country. <laughs> Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. we invented the vehicle. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is one of the things that we're not doing incorrectly or the wrong way, right? Oh, it was so funny if you happen to be um not on duty the night it was Fourth of July because you would go down to the bars and that that's what they need to do. They need to, they, with the exception of Jimmy Fisher, they should have put every English co-counselor on um on duty on the 4th of July because it's obnoxious it's obnoxious and you kind of understand why why they tried to colonize us you, you get it you get it yeah, yeah. We're, we're jackasses you, yeah, you yeah. get it <laughs> don't blame them <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But we won. We won. Yeah, yeah. But we won. And in case you forgot, we won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's, and they're talking about how. And I'm sure it is. Um, I I bet the UK is fabulous. But they're talking about like how bad America is. It's like, oh, funny. Did we come over to UK to work, or did you come over to America to work? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry. Uh, are we putting beans on toast, or are you putting beans on toast? Because yeah. that is. That, that that is absolutely an atrocity right there. <laughs> that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, what, that's like, ridiculous. what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, tomatoes belong nowhere near a proper breakfast. <laughs> they they don't. They maybe in a sauce. <laughs> and I want to say from the bottom of my heart to my UK listeners, keep keep listening. Okay, keep listening. <laughs> I, um, I didn't mean everything I just said. <laughs> if if you if you know. Jimmy Fisher, Chloe Brooks, or any of the other uh, UK counselors, just ask them and they'll be like, there's legitimately some loose wires up there and he means super well, but it's there, there's it's not connecting. And yeah, just, just bear with him, he'll come around. Yeah, yeah. We're we're just trying to make his life as enjoyable as possible. <laughs> Something's off. So it's it's actually not him. He can't. <laughs> It, and it might be everyone else. It's not him. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. He says the most outlandish statements, and we start to question: Is it us? <laughs> oh man! So, dude, this has been so good getting to catch up with you, dude. Yeah, for sure. It's been too long. It's been absolutely. And anytime you want to come back on, let me know, and then I'm hopefully over the next few weeks or months, I want to upgrade my Zoom plan because I would love to 
just get some of the boys on and just have have a try and do like a three or four way just conversation and just get that podcast going you know for sure you could do like a you could do like a happy hour or something like that you know what i mean like you could maybe call it like a happy hour and just have a few people on have a good conversation maybe have a few drinks stuff like that so idea for a podcast (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so demos the only my goal is to just have a good conversation and I want to hear what people are passionate about. I, my entire life, my friends, my support group, my community, people at our camp and stuff, they've always done a good job of letting me be in the limelight, let me a lot of times be center of attention, which let's face it, I'm here for it. I, I love it. I love it. I love making people laugh and entertaining them. And this is kind of my way to know about my friends and family and guests and people. And I want to hear their story and again, I think we're so much closer together than we are further apart. So the whole thing I want to do is just have a conversation. But in our email, I said the only bit or segment that I do on the podcast is I want to end it with a quote, which is typically motivational or uplifting or inspirational, a call to action, funny, something meaningful. The only caveat I don't have is just don't intentionally be divisive or racist. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 like to stay on the side of or stray on the side of positivity i mean i think i um, tend to be a positive person to look on the brighter side and and whatnot and and the quote that i have i think embodies that um uh so with that being said this is a quote by oprah winfrey which uh i don't follow her very well or much but she has a quote that that uh and she says if you look at what you have in life you'll always have more. If you look at what you don't have in life, you'll never have enough. So it's just a way Mm -hmm. to always be appreciative of what you have and not necessarily focus on what you don't have because, you know. It's so easy to get caught up in this materialistic rat race type of world. And don't get me wrong. I I love material items. I I do. But I also love being outside having great conversations a nice beer a simple meal being around (laughs) good people they're balanced we've talked about it already you got to have balance and moderation comparison is a dangerous path to go down you you want to get inspired and motivated but i don't want to say oh demos has this demos has that it's Mm -hmm. hey I'm super proud of Demos for working his ass off and getting this cool material object. I, I want to pick his brain or find out how I can do that. You know, yeah. my one friend, when I was just going through an absolute rut, and this is when I had to take a step back from social media because I noticed myself having so much animosity and stuff towards my best friends who were going on these trips and buying homes and stuff. And because I wasn't putting my foot to the pedal and taking life seriously enough, I kind of, didn't didn't reach goals i wanted to um by times i wanted to and that, that's a whole nother subject but i was just so mad at them and then i realized like oh my god you're getting mad at some of your best friends and you, you should be happy for them that they're having yeah. kids and getting married and i was talking mm-hmm. to a friend uh my good friend melissa little and she's like we have such a good relationship and she'll give me some tough love and be compassionate when she needs to and she's like hey nick let me stop you right there she's like comparison is the biggest thief and stealer of joy 
Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I was going to say that you can kind of see it today in today's society with like social media and, you know, you look on, maybe you go on social media and you look and see post after post after post of how great people's lives are or wherever they're traveling or whatever they're eating or, you know, knew this, knew that. And it's just like, it's meaningless at the end of the day. It really is. You don't have to compare yourself to everyone else. Just be thankful for what you have. And then, you know, if you really want something, put goals in place to achieve that. So one thing I've been really blown away with by my guests, and I'm getting a lot of great feedback on my Jepisodes, and it, it's 100% because of my guests. I'm just an idiot um, with a Zoom plan and microphones at home, just asking a bunch of curious questions, and <laughs> obnoxiously quoting South Park. They're, they're keeping the ship above water for sure, and <laughs> no, I'm trying to anchor it as much as possible. Literally, my podcast host platform is Anchor. I'm trying to take this thing, and they're like, "No, you're, you're better than that." Let's raise. No, it. you got it. No, you're doing a great job. You got it. <laughs> it's, it's it's all my guests, but they're and so they're so incredibly courageous and brave because we'll start stumbling down rabbit hole conversations, and then they'll start opening up about some big events in the life, and it's it's a tricky and weird position. One, I'm grateful that they trust me enough, but it's weird because like this conversation. Ideally, in an ideal world, it's just between me and you, but I'm about to put it out there for people to listen to yeah. or, or private. That's not about to be private conversation. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what I always say. Um, I think I covered in my email I sent you about like how it's going to run down. And I said, you know, I'm a naturally inquisitive person. If you feel I'm asking too much or prying, just let me know, because my main thing is. And I've had some guests had to reschedule or cancel. And they're like, I'm so sorry I'm going through this. I was like, I the, I give two shits about my podcast. I care about you as a person. Yeah. I give a fuck about this podcast in comparison to how I care about you as a person. It's not even close. Yeah. It's I care about you as a person, banners, biscuits, and gravy, and the rest can fuck <laughs> off, okay? Yeah. Everything else can fall by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kick rocks. Kick rocks. Okay. Um, yeah. It's... um they've been opening up and going into some deep and sensitive topics and I'm just blown away. There's been like a couple of times I've just outright cried and it's just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. They just seem to open up to me and I just want to keep having conversations with people to highlight that we're all going through this weird human experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gift in some ways and um, you know, don't shy away from it for sure. So I, I'm not shy. I'm, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in fact, I'm the opposite of, <laughs> I am uh I'm very outgoing and again, what is that weird shy? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to add a lock at the end of it? A shy lock? <laughs> yeah. So I and that's another thing is your your perspective and attitude are gonna determine a lot about how you feel going through this life. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a fact. Your outlook on life definitely will determine the day to day and, you know, your motivation and what you strive to achieve. So, you know, having it having a positive outlook and always striving to do better and always setting goals for yourself is a recipe for success, I think. So, yeah. So in just a second, I'm going to sign us off and you and I can just hang back for a second or two or chat. I don't want to keep you too long. I want to get you, but we can touch base out of curiosity. If I was able to finagle another, uh, happy hour uh who would who would be some of your uh top uh people you'd want me to get on and uh, I, i'd really only want to go one or two more just because dude as soon as we get going 
it's not going to be great audio when we're just talking and laughing over each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. so. The the two the first two people that came to my mind are two people that we talked about is Q and Hunter Christian. Those are the first two people that came to my mind. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to the boys and see if they have like, <laughs> any interest. I'd love to get them on individually as guests because yeah, I, for sure. Man, yeah, I, I feel really like they would be great. Them. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk to Hunter about film and just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. God. I, miss him so much and i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to q i i've messaged him over the years uh, through facebook and stuff and uh, sometimes i mean he's living life so it's, it's yeah he's in he's in pittsburgh area uh, yeah i know that he moved up there and he works for like a uh i don't know how to like a tree company but i don't know like the official term for it but like you tr yeah. uh, like tree servicing so yeah. um yeah he's living life i think his sister is up there too um you chat back and forth every now and then with him. We were we were actually already trying to make plans because the World Cup in 2026 is in the U.S. We were already making trying to make plans to. Where's uh, it at? Is it L.A.? They have like a bunch of different host cities, so we don't know where like the U.S. is going to be playing somewhere in the states. But they have like a bunch of different cities. So like in the Northeast, the cities that come to mind that I know of are New York and Philadelphia. Um, um so Atlanta's that on something. that list i know atlanta's on the list miami la san francisco bay area um and the others dallas i think I, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head but you know there's only really three games in the group stage so it just depends on where the u.s is playing. so it sounds like there's going to be quite a few cities where at least somebody lives and we can at least yeah. um, get rid of um like the the housing situation oh yeah yeah that's that's like half of the expense right like the the room and board in quotation right like the yeah. what you're paying to like if you fly there like probably the room is going to be the most expensive part if you really think about it other and i mean unless you eat like a dog <laughs> and drink like a dog <laughs> what do you mean the what do you mean the world cup sites and in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so it will it will add up quickly it's it's yeah it's, for sure for sure <laughs> but it'll be worth it said, as soon as you said those two things it felt like you kind of realized you're like oh that's us that's yeah so it will be expensive <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure so yeah I'll, I'll reach out to them and i'll uh try and start uh making some headways there but dude, for sure from the bottom of my heart man i eventually i want to get to where i got a big enough platform and i've got a studio and can uh like get people in a nice day and have this nice piece of property but for now i'm just relying upon the grace and the kindness of some of my good friends and family and support groups so time is such a valuable resource to me so i i don't take it lightly that you're able to come on it i'm so grateful for you and so so grateful for your friendship and um <laughs> they they took away us as a first round draft pick but here we are but they can't take it away from us forever. Like Tom Brady and Gronk, we met up in Tampa Bay, and we're right here, baby. We're in it. One last, one last run. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's been, it's been a great time, and and um, you know, it's been great catching up with you. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to to come on this podcast. Happy to do it in the future. Hopefully, one day you will have that studio space, and 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 when you do, I'd I'd love to be there in person to do a podcast there too. So. Thank you so much, man. And again, I'll stop the recording in a second and we can hang out in the chat for a second. But um, thank you so much for coming on, Jordan Demos. And hey, thank you to all my friends, family and everybody listening. We love you. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys.